Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, April 29, 2016. Today, we are reading from the big book, Chapter 5, and we are at Paragraph 2. Today's readers are Larry K., Jane B., and Nancy H. The reference number for Thursday, April 28th, is 8700. That's 8700. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Marita S.O. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Marita S.O. in Virginia. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over the food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, um, and I pass. Thank you, Marita. I will now ask Martha D. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning. This is Martha D., a recovered compulsive overeater from Pennsylvania. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, 
Each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, or and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, overeater... Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Martha. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book, Chapter 5, on page 58, paragraph 2. I will ask Larry Kay to begin reading. He will read two paragraphs, and we will focus our comments on the second paragraph. Thanks, Katie. Um, Thank you for your service. This is Larry Kay, uh, Recovered Compulsible Reader. Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we're like now. If you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you're ready to take certain steps. At some of these, we balked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. All right. Um, Yeah, the... uh, to balk, you know, that, that first word, you know, it's, uh, again, we're talking about balking at what? At the steps, which is the practical program of action is in steps. To balk is to hesitate or to be unwilling to accept an idea or undertaking. And uh, I certainly hedged my bets, um, and I did balk uh, for approximately the first five years that I came, came to the, the shores of OA. Um, and... Uh, 
you know, for me, um, I thought that um, I could find an easier, softer way. But um, as we hear on these lines, you know, the, on this line, um, you know, there is no door number three. You know, door number one is, is more of the same, more of the disease. And, uh, and that's what I continue to pursue. I, I, uh, door number two is this practical program of action, which is, is the recovery, the basis of our program here. And it's laid out so beautifully. I mean, here we're, we're reading from the chapter how it works. I mean, uh, hello, how it works, Larry. And this was, this was how it works. And, uh, and nonetheless, I hesitated. And it doesn't really matter why I hesitated. I can tell you, I can analyze that one. Uh, fear, uh, fear of success, fear of failure, who knows. But the point is, is that uh, I balked at this and I, I looked for, I was always the type of person that looked for uh, a way to shortcut a system, you know, a process. Because I thought, you know, to go, to, to go the long way or the complete way, that, that's for suckers. That's not for me. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to work smarter or so I thought. And, you know, excuse me, for me, you know, I would hedge my bets. And, you know, what happened was is to continue to live in this disease, to be beaten into a bloody pulp day after miserable day, that wasn't an easier, softer way. And so looking for some sort of half measure, you know, that was or some shortcut that, that, only seemingly was, a, was an easier, softer way. I had to see this process through. And, you know, what motivates me drives my thinking, and my thinking directs my actions. So I need to go deeper than just uh, act my way into right thinking. If my motivation and thinking is higher power directed, I'm going to make the right decisions, wh whether it seems that way or not at the time. And then my actions will be right. But if my motivation and thinking is self-directed, as it always was for me, invariably, I'm going to make the wrong decisions, even though I don't realize it at the time. So the easier, softer way for me was to work these steps in their entirety, and then I could have what, what was promised. And that's what I have today. So thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Larry. Now, who would like to share on <clears throat> this second paragraph that was read? Charles H. Kim J. I heard, okay, I heard Nancy H., Charles H., Kim G., and there were others. Tina S. Monica. Vasa O. Vasa. Vasa. Lynn S. P. Lynn S. Someone P. What was P? Debbie P. Debbie T is in Tom or P is in Peter? Yes. P is in Thomas. <laughs> okay. Okay, Linus. Okay, I think that's enough for starting. Um, I apologize if I didn't um, hear you. Please speak up next time. Nancy H., Charles H., Kim G., Tina, I forget, Monica T., Vasa O., Lynn S., Debbie T. Nancy H., you're up. Okay, good morning. I'm a grateful compulsive overreader from Massachusetts. My name is Nancy H. I can certainly relate to as some of these we bought. I definitely resisted taking all these steps for quite a while because I thought there I thought there would be an easier, softer way like uh new weight loss diets, new programs, 
diet pills and eating sensibly. Of course, I, I knew how to do that. So every time I tried one of these methods, I held on to the false hope that this time it was going to work. And each time, my uh, reasoning and intelligence failed me. So after working the steps my way, and according to the big book, which I interpreted incorrectly, um, it kind of became obvious that doing the big book's process with a guide and with my God was my only hope. So here the alcoholics are trying to convince us to work each step in order thoroughly, and I couldn't leapfrog through that so-called quick way. I tried that, and it didn't work. Holding on to my old ideas, that got me to 236 pounds and being oblivious to my family and the world around me. I didn't even reap half results. I just got nothing until I gave myself will run riot, and, my, and I surrendered completely to my God, um, whom I choose to call my higher power. And that disease was overpowering me, and it had me trapped. It was killing me physically, and it was destroying my connection to God. I had to give up, you know, my rights in trying to figure out and control what my life was going to look like. And God had to run my life without me telling him what to do. So this time, working these steps has involved my entering into a really strange territory. Uh, my 40 years in program didn't afford me that happy, joyous, and free feeling. And it started to become, uh, it started to come now in ways that I've, since I've surrendered, it's, it's amazing to me. So I asked his protection and care. And, you know, my ego had to be self, my self-will actually had to be drastically reduced. And so now I keep remembering death of food and death of self. And those are sort of the key factors in my becoming useful to my higher power. So I'm embarking now on the uh, maintenance steps 10 through 12. And I'm amazed at the method that we use to stay recovered in fit spiritual condition one day at a time. So for this, I'll always be grateful, and I thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Nancy. Charles H., you're up. Thank you very much for your service. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater just for today. At some of these, we balked. Man, I balked, I balked at the first step, talking about how come this program didn't work. I balked at making a decision. I balked at, I balked at they're not having catch-up in Virginia Beach. I bought there so much things. You know, I stopped. I, you know, if if I take shortcuts, I'll get cut short. You know, what am I balking at? I tried all that other stuff, right? I tried working the steps drunk. It don't work. It don't work. Um, <laughs> I ain't down with OPP, other people's pizza. I ain't down with that no more. Or other people's pies or other people's poison. Oh, OPP, other people's poison. It ain't mine today. I can't have it. Um, you know, <laughs> there's no easier, softer way, right? People talk about, oh, I live in ten. Stop throwing that thing around, man. It's a lie. Stop living a lie, Charles H. If I'm not meditating on a daily basis, I'm not living in 10, 11, and 12. If I'm not taking people's doctor's opinion or work with other men, I'm not living through 10, 11, and 12. If I'm telling you everything's all right, I'm a liar. I'm not living in 10, 11, and 12. I know it's about claim spiritual progress, not perfection. I get that. But you know what? Some people call me on fire. Oh, my God, this nerd's going on. I asked them, when's the last time you did a 10-step? Oh, 1994. Of course everything's on fire. You're looking for an easier sort of way, right? Page 85, 86, and 84 is not lying. This is battle-tested. It's an open book test. Ain't no easier sort of way. 
Um, the food got to be down all the time. I talk to people that say, yeah, I'm living in 10, 11, 12, and they ain't sponsoring nobody. Well, they're not helping nobody. Stop lying. There's no easier, softer way. 10, 11, and 12 is continue to look for, for, for the stuff going on, the character defects. 11 is, 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 is pausing, praying in the morning, um, when you retire at night, all that good stuff, right? Answering all those questions on 86, right? And then helping somebody else on a daily basis. Stop walking. Sometimes I need to stop talking and stop walking and just start walking. And with that, I pass. Thank you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Charles H. Kim G., you're up, and then it will be Tina. I think it's Tina S., but I'm not sure. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and this is going to be a non-rhyming uh, share. God, Charles, you, cra- you, you, you crack me up, and I love you. Um, so I'm going to talk about that easier, softer way, too, because I really thought the ultimate easier, softer way, the freedom that I was going to be giving up is eating what I want, when I want, and how I want. So I want to describe to you as a recovered woman, because when I'm in the food, and I cannot differentiate the truth from the false, and my alcoholic life is the only normal one, I can't see that, that being in the food is not the easier, softer way. So let me describe to you what my life was like when I was in the freedom of participating in my disease. You know, I would wake up on a daily basis hungover to those four horsemen, terror, bewilderment, frustration, fear, shame. You know, I would frantically look for something to eat. I would look in my closet and be terrified, what's going to fit today? I was under constant fear and tension with a firm resolution that today is going to be different. And depending if I was in the food or I was white-knuckling it, the way that I drove to work was either avoiding those food places or going to those food places. I had a job where I had food hidden in all the drawers, and I was embarrassed because I had flatulence. I was going to the bathroom because of the stomach distress. My clothes weren't fitting. They had stains on them. I was paranoid, thinking everybody was talking about me. I was leading that double life, trying to project a certain reputation, though knowing in my heart I didn't deserve it. And if I made it through the day with binging and without binging, it was that awful decision. Do I hit my binge foods on the way home or do I not hit my binge foods on the way home? Do I pick up food or not? And then I would come home, and my whole life in my 20s was just sitting in front of a television set, reading romance novels and binging. I would go to sleep beating myself about what a loser I am. I was hoping to God people would call me to do something, and the other side, I was terrified that people would ask me to do something. That's what I thought was freedom. That is not the easier, softer way. My experience as a recovered woman is the easier, softer way is recovery. Does it take a lot of work? Yes. But does it take as much work as what I described? Absolutely not. The disciplines of 10, 11, and 12, when you actively participate in them, which is what Charles was saying, give me the freedom to live a 24-hour life in actual freedom. It gives me the ability to live a life where food is not my master when I'm in the food and food is not my master when I'm out of the food because that's what I had to realize, specifically being in LA for many times, many years, was that I was a slave to the food whether I was white-knuckling abstinent or I was outright in a relapse. My whole entire life was based around getting to the food or staying away from it. My life today is being of maximum service to the people and the people around me and to my higher power. So think about that today. Is your life in the disease really the easier, softer way? Try to look at that honestly. Call a recovered person because you cannot differentiate the truth from the false and look at what the food is doing to you and for you 
and seek out a different way. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Tina, you're up. Thanks, Katie. Tina S. Compulsive Reader, Anorexic in Florida. Heard some great stuff this morning. Thanks, guys. Uh, you know, I too, you know, at some of these involved, and what are they talking about? The 12 steps. And it was already shared many times. It's a program of action that, you know, transformed me. And there are 12. You know, there are 12. At first, when I first came into recovery, I was wanting to pick and choose. And, you know, it just didn't work. You know, it didn't work. And it says, you know, we hold on to our old ideas and we thought it was new. It's zero, nothing, you know. But I still thought that somehow, some way, Tina could beat the game one more time. And, you know, shame on me because that just kept me into the, in the disease and in denial. And um, you know, there's only one way for me today, and I know this, and there are 12 steps. And for me, you know, I have to work all 12. You know, I, I continue to do 10, 11, and 12 on a daily basis, but I've got to start with one. I am powerless, you know, over most things in my life, you know, and I need to be out of management, you know, and look to a power greater than myself that can manage my life, you know, and make that decision every day, you know, and continue to take inventory and on and on and on, you know, and then I have the opportunity one day at a time to do this deal. And then, you know, I have people in my life today that keep me accountable, and I am so grateful because that was not always the case. So if I cannot give this thing away, and I heard that early on too, and thought, oh, well, that's just for you. If I cannot give this thing away, I, can, I will not keep it. And, and that's the truth. And so with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Tina S. And now we'll have Monica T. followed by Vasa O. Good morning, KDF. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater here in Florida. Wow, we're getting some powerful stuff in this particular little paragraph here. At some of these, we balked. You know, I tried to avoid. I hesitated. I resisted. I thought I could find an easier, softer way. And I did for 40 years. But... I could not. With all the earnestness, seriousness, determination, sincerity at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. We beg. There's only two times in the big book that the word beg is used. Here and the other one was on page 49. We beg. They're pleading with us here. Don't do what I did. There is an easier way here. And like everyone's been explaining and, and, and hearing their stories, yeah, this is the easier way. For those of us who have worked these steps and gotten a spiritual awakening, it is the easier, softer way. Because there sure was a lot of pain and misery and whatnot spent trying to do it my own way. We beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. And it was pointed out to me there, Monica, look, I don't see the word perfect in there anywhere. Do you? There's no mention of perfect. Just start doing. Some of us have set, have tried to hold to our old ideas, and the result was nil, nil, zero, nothing, none, until we let go absolutely. So that last sentence there, I see some wording terminology that's behind our set-aside prayer. You know, God, please help me to set aside everything I think I know about everything, you know? And so the other thing I was told here, don't think, just do. 
You know, I spent a lifetime trying to think and figure it out. Don't think, just do. This is an action plan. It doesn't make any difference what you think. It doesn't make any difference what you know. It doesn't make any difference what you feel. It's what you do. And taking the actions and working through the steps is what's going to get you the result. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Monica. And we have Vasa O, followed by Lynn S. and Debbie T. Yes, thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Katie, for your service. And I am grateful, recovered, compulsive reader calling from Massachusetts. I just love this paragraph. And again, uh, for many, many, many years, I've been trying to look for the softer, easier way. I wish I'd known about OA or coming to the good book, but I didn't, you know. So I, um, uh, before coming to OA, I tried everything to control the food addiction, and nothing worked. And I just gave into the food because with everything I tried, I surrendered to the food. I said, I can't, that's it. There's nothing else for me to try. And until I came to my first meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, and I was 12 steps, and I thank God that, you know, I was brought into Overeaters Anonymous, and uh, I heard how the program worked. And uh, I, I love the, the, the sentences where, the sentence where it says, we, we beg you to, con- to come and listen what we have to say, because what I was doing was not working. So I was just, I said, wow, they're begging me? That's, I've never heard that, you know. People never beg me for anything, you know. I beg people. But anyways, and I was so, so ready, and I was so sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I was really willing to, to surrender to, the, to this process, the, the 12 steps. I mean, to me, hard work is like a laborer working outside in the yard, raking and plowing and, you know, uh, cutting the grass. To me, that's labor. Working the steps, it's nothing. I sit and I listen and I surrender to God. Just teach me, show me. I listen to other people, what they've done before and what they're doing now to recover. So I just love coming to the programs, and I took that action. There was no way out of it. I was going to die if I did not, if I didn't take the action. So this is what I do today. I'm so grateful to be with every one of you. I've, I, I, I would have died years ago. To me, this year, 30 years almost, it's like a second chance to life. What a life I have. Yeah, there is some bad and good things going, but my higher power has been always there to get me through. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Lynn S., you're up, and then Debbie T. Good morning. This is Lynn S. from Toronto, Canada, a grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater. And this paragraph always brings to mind so much about when it talks about letting, sorry, we have tried to hold on to our old ideas. And at first it was, you know, trying to hold on to diet mentality or, you know, saying we're not talking here about holding on to the cheesecake or the popcorn or all that stuff that I used to that I really thought I couldn't live without or, or shortbread cookies at Christmas time. I mean, my God, that was just too much to bear. But what's interesting, it's, it, it's, it's not 
the the hanging on to that stuff or the letting go of that stuff, but it's the hanging on to those old thoughts and beliefs. And having just completed a fourth and a fifth, I can see all these old thoughts and beliefs that ruled my life made me act in such crazy ways. But I couldn't see it because I was just reacting to life the way I was experiencing like I didn't know any other way and all those crazy thoughts like you know you're stupid you're fat you're ugly when you're fat you have to try harder no one ever listens to me you'll always be discounted you do not matter and I can remember sitting in this rocking chair looking out at the bleakness of the the city and Paul Williamson, you know, it's you and me against the world, and I'm rocking and I'm going, it's you and me against the world, but there wasn't any you, it was just me. And such loneliness and such misery and such despair. Like, no wonder I ate. You know, no no wonder. I, like, I had, that was my life. And I, I could relate to so much of what Kim G would say. I'd be so lonely and so alone and so desperately wanting to be with people but terrified because if they called because I couldn't I couldn't handle being with people I couldn't be out with people and if I'd look at the cheesecake and I'd listen to the invitation on the phone and the cheesecake would win every time because it was too painful to be in the world with other people because I never related I was always the fattest one there I was either not eating in front of people so they wouldn't see what I really ate or I was eating in front of people and then they saw what I really ate and that was worse it was just it was really a living nightmare, but it's so funny because when you come into program and they ask you to let go of that stuff, it can be a scary proposition. Having done the fourth and fifth now and seeing all these crazy thoughts that make me act in such a way and knowing that, thank you, God, this process is restoring me to sanity. I see those examples all the time when something comes up and I, I would have reacted a different way and now I don't. So I'm really... Uh, stuck on that line too that we read a couple of days ago the miracle of healing and the steps are bringing me a miracle of healing and with that i'll pass thank you lynn s debbie t you're up good morning everyone can you hear me yes loud and clear good morning thank you sorry good morning my name is debbie t i'm a recovered compulsive over year in ohio um I just kind of jump around in this paragraph a little bit. Um, Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and then I want to go up to thorough and be thorough from the very start. And for me and my experience, um, this was putting down the last of my my food. Um, You know, I binged my way through OA. I had a couple weeks of accidents, a couple months, um, and it would just be taken away, and I would... I didn't know what was going on. And, you know, I never started my binges with cupcakes and pies and cookies. It was always a couple extra Brussels sprouts and a couple extra pieces of turkey and good, quote-unquote, good girl food, you know. And then um, after I binged my way through OA, um, you know, my old sponsor lovingly gave me the number to this, this meeting, and I just heard something different, and I heard recovered and I heard freedom, and I heard things that didn't really have to do with food. And I knew on that day that I did put down the last of my food, and it was Brussels sprouts. You know, I knew that, I knew that day something different was going to have to happen, I, that I had to be thorough. So 
from the start that I did not get to choose what my trigger foods are. I do not get to choose my disease, that something deeper, I didn't know what I didn't know. Like I didn't, something had to stop. And I was to the point where I'm like, okay, I'll do whatever. And if it's the Brussels sprouts, then it's the Brussels sprouts because I'm ready for more. I'm ready for more of God. I'm ready for more recovery um, that I can't do this anymore. And so I love, I, I had this underlined and, and starred and circled that to be thorough from the very start for me absolutely has to do with the steps. Um, but that's step one for me. That is power. That, that is, okay, I will do whatever it takes. Because if I have to get up from this table one more time and get another piece of Brussels sprouts from the cold piece of Brussels sprouts from the fridge because I can't live life, then that's what I have to do. Um, and from that day on, it's just, from that day on, it was just my loving vision sponsor taking me through the steps and being thorough with every single one of those too. So, you know, if I can just breathe in any hope for any newcomers or anybody that is in the food that we don't get to choose. So being thorough from the start for me in my experience was to sit down and really, really give God the respect that he deserves, and that's everything. And I was confused. I didn't understand why it was Brussels sprouts, and I don't care. It just was, and I gave that up, and he wanted that. And that is such a warm blanket for me, you know, that I, I don't get to choose, and I get to think about that every day. Like, it's his way, good or bad, confusing or not confusing, you know, I don't have to live in between breakfast and lunch and lunch and dinner. It's not about, like Kim said, you know, whether I'm binging or whether I'm not binging. It's just I'm living life now. Now I'm in 10, 11, and 12 now. Now I have to do this every single day and be thorough with that. Um, but it all started from being thorough from the very start. Um, so thank you very much, family, for listening. I love you all. Have a beautiful day. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. And I'm sorry, but I'm blanking out. Has Debbie T, was that Debbie T or Lynn F? That was Debbie T. Okay, I thought it was. And then, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's embarrassing getting old. Um, okay, who else would like to share on this? Um, Melissa C. from Boston. Barbara B. Reva P. Okay, okay. Tara from Virginia. Okay, just one moment. I heard. Reva P, Katie G, Barbara B, um, Barbara B, Carrie P, Carrie P, Laura G, Laura G, um, Sue G, Did I miss anyone else? I have Reva P, Katie G, Barbara B. Carrie P, Laura G, and Sue G. Anyone else that I missed? Okay. Well, then we will start with Reva P, followed by Katie G. Thank you. Good morning. This is Reva P, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. Thank you to everyone who has shared. I just wanted to comment about... um, the uh, language being used in this paragraph, we thought, um, and it's my thinking that's the problem. And the way I was thinking was getting me into trouble. 
Um, I didn't know what I was thinking. I was just on automatic pilot. Um, and I thought that, you know, the only thing I was thinking about was food, what to eat, what not to eat. Did I eat? Did I not eat? Was I good today? Was I bad today with the food? Um, all that stuff. And it wasn't until I started working the steps that um, I was able to um, uncover and discover and then as somebody shares, discard these old ideas. And I love how it says we try to hold on to our old ideas. It doesn't say we try to hold on to alcohol um, or the substance. It's the old ideas. It's the thinking that um, triggers all the crazy behavior. Um, and the result was nada, nothing. And it doesn't just say we let go. It says we let go absolutely. Um, and that reminds me about the ego deflation. Um, that doesn't just happen once when I do a step four or five, but um, it's, it's continuing, continuing to work as has been shared, steps 10, 11, and 12. And I have been, um, it feels like, doing lots of step 10, 11, and 12, a lot of 10 mainly, the past little while. And you know what? It's not so comfortable sometimes. Um, and I don't get instant relief, um, which I was seeking through the food. Um, and this program is teaching me, thank God there's 11, where I just seek God's care and protection in the discomfort. Um, but as uncomfortable as it is, I can tell you it is nowhere near as uncomfortable, unpeaceful, and chaotic and crazy as it was when I was in the food. Um, and I'm just so grateful. Um, and they have to use, he has to use strong language with me because I heard this over and over and over at every single meeting I went to, and I don't think I paid attention. Um, my eyes would just glaze over. It's like, there, there's the reading. Um, but now it's really coming to me how much it makes sense and, the, and I need to pay attention because the results are nothing. I tried and I tried and I tried. Um, and I'm so grateful that for today, um, I choose differently. With that, I pass. Thank you so much. And I did hear, I know that it was Melissa C. that I'd heard, like, right when I first asked for names. So, Melissa C., if you could please come in right after Katie G. Katie, this okay. is Katie G. Okay, Can sure. Me? Yes, Katie G., followed by Melissa C., and then Barbara B. Thank you. All right, perfect. Thanks, Katie F., Katie G., Recovered Compulsible Reader, Anorexic and Bulimic for today. And um, gosh, so blessed to be on this line and hearing all of you inspiring me. And um, so what are my old ideas, right? So like my old ideas, if I'm thin, I'll be happy. If I'm thin and have big boobs and I'm blonde, I'll get what I want. I'll get the husband. Um, my favorite thing, if you ever talk to me, is that this is not Get Comfortable Anonymous. And I have to remember that because an old idea of mine is that I deserve, I demand to be comfortable and to feel good all the time. And what I have recognized is one of my first sponsors said to me, Katie, practice the willingness to bear discomfort. And you guys, I don't just let go of my old ideas like, you know, so many years ago when I first put down the food. Like, I heard this guy, and he so inspires me, um, talking about my old ideas are anything from, like, 
24 hours ago or anything from, you know, two hours ago. So my old idea is that if my fiancé really loved me, he would drop what he was doing right now and cut the vegetables, right? Like my, my, my value comes from how many hours I get at work, how much overtime I get at work. Old ideas, um, if you love me, you treated me this, you treat me this way. Um, and I need to let go absolutely each and every day. Because as we hear so amazingly by our recovered teachers on this line, I have a disease of my body, right? Like totally hook, line, and sinker, flour, sugar quantities, and for me, anorexia, bulimia, craziness, physical allergy, insanity, right? But the problem is that me, just with a food plan and a commitment to getting on the scale and blah, 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 I am bonkers. The most amazing part of my life today is that I can't wait. When I, it is a spiritual axiom that when I am disturbed, it ain't about you guys, right? It's all about me. That's in our AA 12 and 12. So the best part is that I can get, you know, when I do my step 10, it's not about maintaining what I have. It's about blowing open what are my old ideas and what, how are those old ideas getting in my way, blocking me with resentment and fear right now. And I got to tell you guys what's phenomenal, the old Katie and the new Katie, seriously, I had a conversation with my mother last night. I did not cry. I did not slam down the phone and I did not like swear off her. I got off the phone. I didn't regret my behaviors and I did not eat. That is a miracle. So I'm going to keep looking for those old ideas each and every day and keep doing with this, this with you guys a thousand percent. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Katie G. Melissa C., you're up. Then Barbara B. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. Um, you know, I, I balked hesitated, refused, thought I could find an easier, softer way. And, you know, when I think about this and the stubbornness on my part, you know, the arrogance that um, that's really what I needed to lose because, you know, there I was, you know, years ago, over 300 pounds, but thinking I could find the easier, softer way. You know, the steps that I hesitated on, anything that really required surrender and God-reliance, um, why? You know, why was I so hesitant? Because I was scared. You know, as bad as I was managing, I still was scared to let go of the control. And when I think about how I wanted an easier, softer way, I can't help but, you know, see there is total irony here. Um, I was doing this living thing the hardest possible way. Um, life, you know, life as an obese woman it's as hard as anything. You know, there's nothing harder, I think, than not sitting in your own kitchen chairs. Um, what's harder than eating until your stomach hurts so much that you're so bloated, you're, you're thinking you have a tumor, and yet you go back for more food, you know, unable to stop that. That's hard. You know, when I finally saw that I was dying, you know, that my problems were of my own making, that was like, cracked open my mind um, that these problems were caused by me, you know, and nothing other than me. I, I, then I began to let go of my old ideas. And this disease, you know, it's as serious as cancer. It has the same capacity to kill me. 
And if I were sick with cancer and my doctor recommended a treatment and I trusted him, his credentials, if I saw that he cured other people, I think I'd let go absolutely. And this is how I have to view this addiction. This is what I tell people I work with. It requires the same seriousness and intensity. I I wouldn't tell my doctor, oh, no, I'm too busy for chemo this week. Um, or I don't want to. I would understand that the results will be nil unless I was all in. And that's how it is with this, this treatment. And let go absolutely. This means I have to be fearless and thorough. Every time I take that approach, I'm rewarded by recovery. You know, and so right now I'm very busy. My mom is staying here, and it's hard for me to fit all of my program in while attending um, and caring, you know, for my mother while she's with me and my kids. Um, but but this disease requires I have to be vigilant always, still now. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Melissa C. And now we have Barbara B. followed by Carrie P. Thank you. This is Barbara B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Massachusetts. And um, this morning I want to look at the fact that some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. Well, I didn't see this about myself. I'm thinking back as I listen and read this morning and spend time with this to what it was like after my first wonderful, powerful dynamite year, what I thought was letting go, surrendering to OA, to God, to the program. Food was down uh, minus 100 pounds on the body. And I was at a step meeting uh, on vacation, and um, I was qualifying at that step meeting. I mean, you know, superstar, you know, listen to this success story, none of which I heard because, after all, I'm coming from such a place of inferiority and feeling inadequate. But I told my story, and, uh, oh, I talked about the step four that I had done, you know, was fearless and thorough. And God bless the AA woman who was at an OA meeting and came up to me afterwards, and we talked. And she was honest with me, not a brutal, cruel honesty, but a loving, caring honesty where she was presenting a side of myself that I didn't see. And that was that I, my old idea of I'm going to do this was in motion. I mean, the old analysis, the self-help books, the courses, the programs, the religious pursuits, all of that was in motion, and I didn't see it. I mean, it was still self. It was about me fixing me. And she recommended and urged me to go back and spend more time with steps one and two. That was one of the most important things that could have been, gifts that could have been given to me was that woman approaching me after the meeting. Um, and it, it fed in completely with what I've shared before on this line and elsewhere about my beloved sponsor who gave me two copies of, you know, Came to Believe and I, t- at different points in my recovery because I really didn't have that in-depth all his gift, the grace of God, let me have the food down and my hands open and ready for whatever God's going to do with me. It was still self-creation. Uh, I didn't see God giving the gift, but my needing to be ready for it and my needing to cooperate with the gift. So 
I'm very glad this morning to be reminded of letting go of the old ideas completely, letting go completely. And um, here I am. Uh, thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Barbara B. And now we have Carrie P., followed by Laura G., and then Sue G. We should be able to get all of those in and close up the meeting. Thank you. Good morning, my brothers and sisters, and thank you, Katie, for your service. And this is Carrie P., a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts, and what we were like. I can remember the gates were opened when I got pregnant. I was eating for two. And can I tell you the disappointment when I didn't deliver a 40-pound baby? (laughs) So, you know, my eating just, you know, went crazy from that point. And in my 20s, doing eating um, treatment, you know, I went to a treatment place and, uh, you know, that that surely didn't work. But... uh, Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. I can't tell you getting the best thing my sponsor ever did was have me get on this line and tell her what I could relate to. I haven't been able to let this line go since because I sit here and I listen and all I can say is ditto, 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 ditto. You guys make me laugh because of the intimacy that's shared on this line is just so touching to my heart. I have never met anybody on this line, but I feel like I love everyone. And I, you know, I am just so amazed. And, you know, at night when I'm working with other women and I think, oh, I'm so tired. I just want to go to sleep. That line of, you know, self-serving and the sacrifice that's required here, I'm going to do that because I want to keep this. I love my life today, and I couldn't say that a year ago. And um, thank you, everybody, for being on the line. And and if you're new, just keep plugging away because these steps work. It unblocked me to a relationship that I didn't even know existed. And thank you for letting me share in my past. Thank you. Thank you, um, Carrie. And now we have Laura G. followed by Sue G. My name is Laura. I'm a compulsive overeater. And um, I was thinking about my old ideas um, came very close to killing me. I had to let them go. Um, My old ideas were that I had a resentment against God from my childhood, and I had to let that go or else the food was going to kill me. And then I had a resentment towards God being a man. And what I realized was that my disease was using these as a way to keep me from recovery. And then I had a relative who was in OA, who was a food police, and I had to, I realized that I was letting my resentment towards her um, kill me. My disease was doing that to me. And then I um, let personalities get to me, and it was, again, my disease playing with my old ideas. 
And um, then where I am now is um, I thought if I gave up my binge foods that I could be in recovery. Well, no, that is not the case. I have to, like everyone has said, I have to work the program to be in recovery. And um, that's where I am now. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, um, Laura G. And now we have Sue G. Good morning. Um, thank you for your service. And uh, this is Sue G. from Michigan. Um, I didn't think I had anything to share about. Uh, the more I read about that, the softer. I didn't seek the softer way except in my food plan. But I was fed the softer, more gentle way. Um, I was never taught um, how to do the 10th, 11th. I did plenty of 12. Um, I'm not so sure how good a job I did because I passed along the same way I was sponsored and softer, gentler way and didn't tell them about doing a step 10. Uh, we read it, but never struck, even with the, uh, I've been in since, since 91, and becoming absent for a couple of years at a time with no problem, it was getting beyond that two years. Um, but I was never taught to do a 10-step, to make phone calls. We, we didn't have any outreach system. Um, it, was, oh, it was reach out to the newcomers, make them feel welcome, blah, 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 but never, never calling when we have a resentment or a fear. And... It is it is the harder way, but it's certainly the more peaceful way, and it's certainly the more. Uh, it for me, it's now that I'm getting used to it. I love it when people call me. Um, I don't have that many people call me right now. I just have a couple, but um, but I reach out to people that I know will be able to help me, um, not those that aren't recovered or struggling. And it has made all the difference in the world, and I am so thankful that after a year and a half, I finally reached out to Vision. I was afraid of phone calls. I knew I'd mess things up. I knew I would do everything wrong, because according to to my family, I did everything wrong. So, of course, I couldn't do this right either. But um, thank you for being there for me. And um, next time when I start sponsoring again, it will be according to working the steps, not just reading them. Thank you very much, and I pass. Well, thank you to everyone who has shared. Um, please join us for a second unrequited closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Jane B. please read A Vision for You? Press star one to unmute. Hi, this is Jane B. in Minnesota. And a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and for countless others. 
This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you 